This is episode 14 of Motherboard. I'm Catherine Rotendo, and today's guest is Prasanna Krishnan. Prasanna is co-founder of SmartyPal, a company creating a personalized and contextual learning platform built around children's stories. With both a master's in computer science and an MBA, her broad experience includes roles in venture capital, at large tech companies and startups, that last one while pregnant twice. Prasanna is based in Philadelphia and has a four-year-old son and is expecting a baby girl this spring. Hi, Prasanna. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Good, how are you? Great, thank you. Um, So we're talking in early January. Um, Did you, are, are you back at work after time off yeah yeah <laughs> yeah very much so we um yeah we were just um we just submitted a new big release um so we you know we're back at work like just the day after christmas we're working through new year's wow. uh, <laughs> yeah um yeah i'm finding i'm finding this week so challenging it was it was a tease for me it started with um monday was a daycare day and yeah. then tuesday wasn't it was a holiday here and so it was just this tease i've been waiting to get back uh to being productive on my own stuff after the holidays and uh yeah it's a little bit hard getting back into it but i hope you had a good holiday season yeah it was it was awesome actually a friend came and visited from the states and that was really nice for me that's great Uh, yeah so so all right so Tell me about your release and and your job now. What are you up to these days? Yeah, so we're working on SmartyPal, um, and the way we got started with SmartyPal um, was we were all we were all parents um, who started this company, and the way we got started was uh, my husband and I we uh, you know read a lot about screen time and what does it mean for kids, uh, but at the same time as technologists we knew that technology used the right way can be beneficial. Um, And so as we started looking into this, we teamed up with um, early childhood development experts. um, And we learned uh, that, you know, that there was really an opportunity to do something where technology was used to personalize the learning experience for children and really make it an active learning experience. Um, And so that's what we started. That's how we started SmartyPal. Um, And what SmartyPal is, is really a platform that um, takes children's stories um, because a lot of education research shows that um, having context, which the story provides, is really important for the learning to be really deep. Um, And what we do is really build a platform where you can have a contextual and personalized learning uh, experience around the children's stories. Uh, And what I mean by that is the child will do different um, tasks and activities um, over the course of reading a story. Um, and the story itself could be a video or an ebook format story. And as the child does these activities and tasks, they move the story forward. So they feel like they're really part of the story and they're helping moving it forward. Um, and uh, the, the tasks can work on, you know, very different things, ranging from sort of the more math and reading type of skills to critical thinking, creativity, and compassion, and those kinds of skills. Um, And we're also working with several content creators. Um, So we are providing the technology platform and working with the content creators who are really using this to create the, you know, the personal and contextual learning around their stories. Um, And we've built a platform that really makes it easy for them to add these in without having to write code themselves. Um, So that's one of the, you know, the key pieces that we've been building the past several months. And we're actually doing this big launch now in the next week or so. And so, this is really an exciting time for us. As as you know, although listeners maybe don't know, I also have an interest in developing apps for kids. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I find this really fascinating, especially, as you said, um, with with some of the content focusing on, on things like creativity and compassion. I feel like mm-hmm. there are so many apps out there that are uh, and, and not that these are bad things, but trying to keep, teach kids to read or teach kids math and right. trying to do that like before they hit kindergarten in the United States. And um, I kind of trust that my kid is going to learn to read and I trust that he's going to learn math. 
<laughs> but I don't necessarily trust in things like compassion that that's going to get taught at school. So, right. Um, that, that gives me, um, yeah, <laughs> that makes me feel good about, about apps. Um, and I actually, I, I just read, uh, uh, where was the article from? I just read an article this week that, um, there was some, some research on how, uh, screen time can actually help boys learn to mm. read, like using apps, actually, whatever the research, uh, yeah, the researcher showed that, um, trying to teach a boy, uh, you know, the, the same thing outside of or inside of an app, the boys were generally more engaged with the app, which was kind of interesting to hear too. That's really interesting, huh? Yeah, I'll have to send you the link. Um, yeah, that would be great. I really <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, all of this stuff is so new. I was, um, if you look back in history, I was reading this, um, I think it was like a paper somewhere about um, how, you know, 2,000 years back when uh, books were first invented, like written text first came about, uh, you know, Plato and Socrates were very concerned uh, <laughs> that now that you were writing things down, you would stop using your memory. And they also felt that, uh, Socrates also felt that books say the same thing to every person, so they're not really teaching anyone. And and uh, and obviously today we can't imagine education without books, uh, and we know how important it is to read to kids and all of that. But I guess it's just that every new technology, you know, raises concerns and it has pros and cons. Yeah, uh, so, definitely. Yeah. And I also I feel like yeah the the idea of screen time too. It's like this. Um, it's all encompassing. There are so many different things you can do on a screen. Of course, you know, even me, when I'm at my own screen, some of the things that I do are good for me and some of them are just wasting time. Right. Right, And, um, it's kind of that way with, with kids too. I don't think all screen time is evil. So, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a big difference between sort of, you know, passively watching video, whether it's on a TV or on another screen and kind of just zoning out to doing something that's really active and creative and, and you know, helps you develop some of these additional skills that we discussed. Yeah, I'm total, in, in total agreement. All right. So this is a company that you started with some other parents. Um, I, how was that? How did you go about that? How did you... Yeah. So it really started with, uh, you know, me and my husband, my husband, uh, also he's, um, also got a background in business and technology and he's a professor at the Wharton school, uh, where he teaches sort of things tied to technology entrepreneurship. Um, and so we've always, our areas have been very close and we've always bounced ideas, um, off of each other. And, you know, uh, we always wanted to work together at some point. Um, and, and really as parents, we saw this opportunity with our son and his friends, everyone being drawn to these devices and trying to find a better way to use this in a very positive way. Um, and so we, uh, we started this company and, and, um, it was the two of us initially, and then we got connected actually with one of my friends from college, um, who is also a mom. Um, and she, um, you know, also really loved the idea and, and she joined us and she does a lot of our iOS, um, the mobile side of development right now. Um, and then we've, you know, grown our team. We have some, a uh, couple of other folks who are really wonderful, um, who, who joined our team. And, um, so things have been growing well from there. That's fantastic. Did that involve jumping out of a corporate job? So I was already, uh, in the startup world, um, which, which was interesting the way I kind of first went into the startup world with Jet Setter, where, um, I actually went in, uh, Jet Setter was an online travel, um, company and, mm-hmm. uh, it used to be part of, uh, the Guild group and then Jet Setter got acquired by TripAdvisor. Um, so I was in the startup world and, you know, it was sort of a good transition point for me. Um, uh, so, but, but when I, took up my first startup job at Jet Setter, it was quite a, it was a jump from a bigger company and I was doing it right at the beginning of the third trimester of my pregnancy. And, and so that was quite, quite an interesting experience, which, you know, we should talk about at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 let's talk about that now. So you were in your third trimester and you changed jobs? Yeah, so I had been, uh, I was at Comcast um, and it was a new group at Comcast that was, um, you know, really bringing together the TV and online content. Um, But I always had the startup bug and uh, I had been in touch with uh, Jet Setter and um, the CEO there and we'd been discussing this new business line for Jet Setter around travel planning um, and and building a service that made it easy for people to plan travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... 
um, actually, you know, so we finally kind of felt there is an opportunity here. And then I decided to take up the offer. Uh, and that was right at the beginning of the third trimester of my pregnancy. Um, so I was at Comcast, which would have been a, which would have normally been what people would have continued, I guess, at that point, <laughs> given where I was. But um, I really was excited, you know, and I always wanted to do um, a startup. And this was, um, I was going to start up a new business line and then grow it. So it would have been really as close as I could have come to starting my own business at that point. Um, and uh, I didn't know that, again, the second time around when I would start my business, I'd be pregnant again. But uh, <laughs> it didn't happen when I started, I guess. But um it happened uh, a few months later. But okay. uh, yeah, so with Jet Setter, I started at the beginning of the trimester and I used to commute uh, because we were in Philadelphia and Jet Setter was in New York. So I used to um, commute back and forth to New York uh, a couple of times a week and sometimes I would, you know, stay there one night. Uh, but this was at a friend's place that she didn't use and she had an air bed and in the middle of the night it would run out of air. Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> so, oh, and, no! Uh, so it was quite funny but uh I, and then you know sometimes i would come back to philly at 10 p.m and then leave again at 6 a.m the next day um to be back uh, at work uh so i think that it was it was quite quite you know challenging and then after my son was born um i went back to work within about six weeks and we actually moved to new york at that point um my husband was in a sabbatical and we said we'll just move to new york so that it's you know easier for me um and and so we did that uh and so that was interesting too when he was sort of six weeks old uh you know we moved and i had to get back to work and, and not that i had been off of work even during maternity i was kind of plugged in uh, all along because I had just started, uh, you know, joint et cetera, and just started building my team. I had like hired the first person um, then. And so I had to kind of, you know, call in and be in touch. Couldn't just be signed off. Um, and it was actually funny, even when I had to go to the hospital for my son, um, I hadn't even packed and um, my husband went to get the car and I was still sending emails to this new person I had hired because I wanted to make sure he had everything. And, and my sister who was at home was really worried. She was, she was saying, shouldn't you be packing instead of sending emails for work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So um, that is a lot to have going on at once. A new yeah. baby, a new job, like not even really being able to unplug during your leave. Uh, how how was it? Like, were you were you well? Were you able to handle it? Did it get overwhelming? No, I think it was. Um, you know, I uh, I don't think I felt overwhelmed in the sense of you know everything that was going on. I think it was definitely a lot going on, but I was able to handle it fine. Um, the thing that was also um, different than uh, different at that point than it is now is I think it's just also the you know the culture and, that I've worked in um, it was very much a typical startup with you know young typically young male everyone else was yeah. uh, you know young males all the other execs so no one else, most people weren't married and you know didn't have kids for sure um, so it was just I guess um, being in a culture where sort of what you needed and what you did was so different from everybody else that there wasn't even, you know, a common term that they could understand. Like that was the, I guess, the more challenging part. Um, uh, so, you know, little things like there was no, um, there was really no, you know, room to, to, you know, pump or whatever. And, and so I would have to sort of, uh, you know, take a 15 minute break. Luckily I lived close to the office. So when I would rush home for lunch, I would be eating and pumping at the same time or, you know, because all the offices were, it was like a big startup um, office, right? It was an open office and yeah. the only conference rooms we had had glass doors. So that was yeah. not really a good idea. <laughs> I've um, been there. Yeah, it's exactly. Awful. <laughs> um so so things like that and uh and and but i think that um and i also decided i want to nurse my son and uh, um the, the we didn't really do formula with him because they were initially concerned about some allergies which were wrong but mm. all of that put together there was a lot of pressure but i think it was just you know i think dealing with it um kind of taught me a lot of things that I also knew that when I do start a company next, it would be something that I would really uh, want to think about and make part of the company culture. And so that is something that we've given a lot of thought to with our current startup uh, in terms of making sure that the startup, the company culture um, is, you know, is family friendly. And, and, and we understand uh, that, you know, being a parent doesn't mean you become any worse at your job. You just have to juggle different things. Amen. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. I think in some ways, I mean, no, I was a good employee before I became a parent, but in some ways my time is so much more precious now that I'm 
I, I feel like I'm more laser focused, you know? I completely agree with you. You just become so much more efficient and better with, you know, not doing things that are just a waste of time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you worked in this office full of young guys. Um, did they even have a policy for parental leave or did you have to work with them to make it up? Yeah. We kind of made it up, I guess. They, no one else had taken maternity leave before, so they didn't really have a policy as such. Um, but, um, so they kind of said, you know, um, I mean, take time. I know you need to take time off, but of course <laughs> come back as soon as you can. Um, uh, but you know, they, they were, they were nice about it. I mean, I, I went back to work at six weeks, uh, six or seven, some, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, which was, I guess, kind of the least I could have taken off. Um, yeah. um, and I, uh, also had a pretty rough delivery with, you know, I having lost a lot of blood and I needed blood transfusion and stuff. So the first week I was really wiped out. But oh, wow. after that, I was back up on phone calls and stuff, uh, checking emails and phone calls. Um, but I think that I was just so excited to, you know, be a parent and, and have my son. It was just so exciting that I feel like I somehow just got the energy to do all the other stuff. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> You're some kind of superwoman. I'm I, sure you had to do the same. Well, I... Um, I I don't know. I, I, I didn't have a hard delivery. I, I have friends who just went through a hard delivery. They had a 57 hour oh labor. Yeah, wow. I know. Um, and I think, Oh, my 23 hours, like was nothing in comparison. Um, but I was, I was really sick. I was really physically sick and they, they didn't figure it out until seven weeks and then I had a surgery. So, um, so, you know, to me, the idea, like at the same time that I'm having this surgery, you're back at work. You're like on fire. (laughs) It's just hard for me to comprehend. I'm just in awe. (laughs) No, but I guess I was, I was fortunate that I, you know, you know, didn't have something like that happen, which obviously is, is really very difficult. And, you know, you, if you have to be go back into surgery after seven weeks and you have a seven week, seven week old at home, it's really, really hard. Um, to even think of work at that point. Um, but luckily I didn't have that then. So that helped, uh, for sure. And also, um, I guess, um, just my parents and my parents-in-law, it was, you know, being Indian, I guess it's kind of cultural that they come and spend a few months with you. And that was really helpful. So we mm. had someone helping out until, um, my son was almost six months old. Um, and that gave us time to have an, you know, have a nanny lined up and all of that. Oh, that's really great. And that sounds like the thing that people in New York do with infants is have a nanny. Yeah, I guess uh, that made it easiest <laughs> because my, you know, my work hours were, were long and it was, it was easiest to have a nanny so that I didn't have to kind of worry about having him in daycare at a certain point. And, and, um, uh, but right. I think, you know, yeah. Um, so uh, so you went to New York for this job and you're back in Philadelphia now. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So yep. how, how long did you end up staying in New York? Um, I was in New York, uh, for a year and a half, almost two years, I think. And then a year and a half actually. Um, yeah. And then I moved back to Philadelphia. Um, you know, when, um, we, we knew we would be moving back eventually at some point. It, mm-hmm. New York is just crazy, especially with a kid. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to live in the city. Um, uh, uh, but then um, we, when, when I was going to start my own company next, uh, we figured we would do it out of Philadelphia, um, and which had multiple advantages, I think. Uh, one, my husband was back at work, and, and, and Philly also has definitely a lower cost of living than New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and in fact, one of the other things that really helped you was we bought a house, and our house has a... Uh, an office attached to it with its own entrance. Um, and it was kind of nice that I guess someone who lived there before had done it that way. Maybe they were a doctor or something and had, you know, um, an office. So that was really helpful um, that we could use that as our startup office. It really helped save a lot of money early on. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm envious. I kind of wish, cause I work from home. I wish that I had a different door. <laughs> I could go <laughs> in and like be separated from the rest of the house. That's really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we also have others come in and work here, so it was also convenient for them that, you know, they had their own entrance and sort of um, it felt more like an office. Um, so. Yeah. So um, so I'm, I'm a really risk-averse person. Like, the idea of starting my own company is terrifying for me. Was it scary for you to, to leave one startup and, and start your own startup? 
Um, I think I'm. I guess I'm. Yeah, there was always that question, you know, of even when I took up Jet Setter um, from Comcast. Uh, obviously, Comcast was a bigger company, you know, unlikely to sort of go anywhere anytime yeah. soon, go away or disappear. And there was always a concern with startups. And um, but I think that it was just um, you know something that I felt like I. Um, I really wanted to do it and, and I was willing to take the risk. And I, I also felt that the, you know, the more I delayed, the harder it will be for me to take the risk uh, and do it. Um, so I, I decided that, you know, I was excited. I think for me it was more being excited about the, the opportunity, in the particular opportunity um, that I had. And, and with Smarty Pal, you know, I was interested in education. Um, when I was in BC, I, you know, invested in the education space. And mm. then as a parent, it was something that, um, you know, I was doubly interested in now and spent a lot of time, especially early education. And um, and uh, and so uh, being able to really, you know, do something that would have an impact here was um, was was exciting for me. And also after Jet Setter, I felt like I wanted to work on something that would not just be a good business, but also could have a positive impact uh, on society. Uh, you know, Jet yeah. Setter, again, was, was travel, was luxury travel. It was hard to claim that it would have a positive impact on society. <laughs> um, but uh, education, obviously, can have a huge impact. Um, and so that was one of the reasons that I was also really excited, uh, you know, about, about what we were doing um, at Smarty Pal. Um, and, um, and, and then I felt also that just, uh, you know, it was, it was good that I was working on something that um, that I was excited about because I knew there were a lot of risks, but being so excited about what I was working on made it, you know, I was focusing less on the risk and more on what impact we could have here. That that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so impressed. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure you've done a lot of the same thing. So thank you though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, um, I've worked on my own projects, but not set up as a business. So mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is kind of you know. Uh, I guess a lot more responsibility and pressure when you set up as a business and you have a team and you know you you are now kind of um, responsible for other people and you know you want to be uh, you know set a good culture and have a good work environment and and more importantly make sure that you know they have jobs they and they're excited about it and uh, it's a lot more. Uh, I guess uh, I feel like a lot more burden on on my shoulders, but um, at the same time, I feel like, um, you know, if we can do what we're trying to do, which is really, we want to make learning both fun and more meaningful for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that I think is is a big vision. And I think that if we can do that, uh, you know, it'll have, it can have a really good impact. Um, So that, that has been uh, exciting. And also I think, you know, over the course of doing this startup, um, it was interesting that I did this as a parent myself because I felt I was also learning stuff that I could directly almost apply as a parent. Um, so, for example, uh, you know, all the uh, uh, one of the big pillars that our startup is built on is that the approach is uh, grounded in education research. So we mm-hmm. work with um, you know early childhood development experts here in Philadelphia um, and. Uh, we, uh, you know, we work with Professor Kathy Hirsch-Pesek at Temple University and her collaborator, Professor Roberta Golinkoff, for instance. And every time I speak with them and, you know, read their papers and see some of the cutting-edge thinking in this space, um, I feel like there's, um, you know, there's stuff that we apply to SmartyPal and then there's also this, that same stuff that I can apply as a parent myself. Yeah. So, um, so I feel like, I'm, you know, it's kind of rewarding that way too, um, both personally and professionally. Uh, so that's one of the advantages, I guess, of working in this space where we are, uh, you know, building technology for uh, education or early childhood education. Um, but um, so things like, um, you know, the, the stuff that we learned around um, around using stories as context and then also personalizing it. So one of the things uh, with SmartyPal um, is that the, the child has activities to move the story forward. Um, and uh, so they become part of the adventure and, you know, learning becomes fun for them. Um, uh, but the activities also change each time. So the storyline and the activities change a little each time you uh, read it because there's an adaptive learning engine we built um, that kind of tailors the uh, difficulty level as well as which specific skills or tasks you're working on. Uh, it tailors that to each individual child. Um, so there's always something new that the child's learning. Um, and also, you know, making sure that they have breadth and they're not just kind of doing one thing. Um, so I think that, uh, and so a lot of the education research behind this was also really fascinating for me, um, to learn. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, and I think, um, you know, ultimately, um, our hope is, you know, that kids will learn to love learning. <laughs> through yeah. this. Um, you mentioned a little earlier that um, in setting up your company, you wanted to be sure that it would be family friendly. And mm-hmm. I'm curious um, how how you've done that so far. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, a few different things we've done. Um, so one is, you know, uh, we, um, so Lakshmi, my co-founder, she works, uh, from New Jersey. Uh, she lives in Northern New Jersey, so she doesn't come in every day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so she, but she works from home and comes in, you know, every, every couple of weeks or so. And, um, that's, uh, you know, something that g- gave her the ability to be able to manage, um, you know, her kids in a personal time, but her kids, you know, once they are off in school and daycare, she's supposed working but the fact that we didn't say you have to come in to you know a particular office I think gave her flexibility and was also sort of um, you know helping her manage her work and family life um, the other um, thing is we are, are also quite flexible about exactly when you work uh, as long as you know everyone's working and getting stuff done uh, it, it's uh, we understand that sometimes you might have to um, so step out a little bit earlier because everyone has different sort of you know child care um, options and you know different timings and so on so um so for example i um wake up really early in the morning i work for a couple of hours um and then you know back at work uh in the office i take a break for an hour when i get my son ready to go to school Mm -hmm. and then you know back at work and then um i need to leave around five when my nanny leaves um but then i uh you know continue working after that at night and again early in the morning i wake up at like six um so i think that that um and that's also true with everybody else on the team. Um, so they have the flexibility um, to balance their work and family life. Um, so I think that was something we were very conscious about. And um, and I think, uh, you know, that's actually been great because it helps people feel like I have the ability to balance both and, you know, so I can really do my best on both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are, are, are both really important, the the remote piece and the, the flexible piece. Um how, how how do you communicate with each other, given that you might be working at different times of day? Yeah, um, I think there's, um, you know, we have one developer in India, but otherwise most of us are here uh, on the East Coast in the U.S. So mm-hmm. at least there's a good chunk of the day that we're working together um, and we're always on Gchat and, you know, Hangouts. And um, so it's, it's really like I almost feel like, I you know, calling on Hangout has not just become as simple as walking into someone's office or, you know, <laughs> over, turning around and speaking to someone. Um, so it's kind of become seamless that way. Uh, and we also, um, uh, I guess, or, you know, we also, I mean, it's not too hard to meet in person and which we do. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, like, like recently when we had the, the big push for our submission, submitting our big release that's coming up. Um, so my co-founder actually came over uh, with her family and her kids. And, uh, you know, we were working from the home office. It was nice that her husband had a couple of days off so he could, and my sister was visiting and they were watching the kids. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was also nice that we could kind of, and also because our office is connected to our home, um, you know, it's, it's also very family friendly in that sense that, uh, you know, when I step out for, to grab lunch, uh, which I just grab out of my fridge most of the days, I also see my son and, you know, I'm not taking any more time than I would to grab lunch anywhere else. But this is kind of nice that I also see my son and, you know, he's having lunch at the same time and I can eat with him. Um, uh, so it's, uh, so those kind of little things. And so same way when my co-founder came over and we were working on this kind of crunch period, trying to launch this product, um, you know, we would periodically, uh, also like take breaks during the day with three kids in the house, you know, sometimes that's great. And sometimes that's hard because everyone's crying. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have to kind of go, you know, look at that, but then come back and then work at night, um, after everyone's sleeping and, uh, and so I think, you know, we were, it's kind of, it's almost becomes like, it's like family and work kind of meld uh, into one, uh, but, you know, gives us a chance to kind of balance both. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. The the idea of on-site daycare, which is kind of <laughs> funny to s- describe it that way when we're talking about your home. But I remember earlier this year when, or no. There's no earlier this year. Last yeah. year, 2014, yeah. when um, Facebook, when it came, the news came out about Facebook's egg freezing benefits. Right. Um, I remember people being like, "But they don't even have on-site daycare." 
Right. Um, and, and I do think it's true. It makes such a huge difference. You know, I mean, uh, your kid's older now, but when, uh, when they're still breastfeeding, like if you can just walk down the hall to the daycare and breastfeed your kid instead of pumping milk, like that's so much better. And uh, I, I hope that more workplaces, um, offer, offer on-site daycare in the future. Yeah, that that would be such a, you know, speaking to all my friends who are also working moms, I mean, I think that clearly would be a huge benefit that any employer can offer. Because, um, you know, so many times they, especially when people have commutes and, you know, they're spending it 45 minutes an hour each way commuting. Um, I, I think that, you know, if you if you can have them do that with their child and they can bring their child with them to work and see them during the day, I think that just helps so much. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so you are now expecting your second child. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, we are very excited. Um, and she's coming in the spring. So are yeah. you second trimester or third already? Just finishing up second. So she's due uh, at the end of April or May 1st. So I guess, yeah. So I'm just going to be going into my third trimester shortly. So, um, so how have you been feeling this pregnancy? Yeah, fortunately, I think I've, you know, with both my pregnancies, I think during the pregnancy, I didn't really have, you know, I'm really thankful that I didn't have any, um, sort of medical complications or anything that made it hard. Um, so, you know, it's just the usual kind of, but again, it's, uh, just a little thing Like the first trimester was a little hard and I usually wake up early. Uh, I like to work from, you know, six to eight in the morning. So I wake up at five 30 and I try to work from six to eight. And that was a little hard when I was really nauseous in the first trimester. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it was, it was manageable. Um, and, uh, and also I feel like the second time around, at least I feel like I'm a little bit more, uh, aware of, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen next. And, and, and so I knew it was, it was for a short period to get better, um, and, and those kind of things. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, fortunately just physically, uh, you know, it, it has been tiring and, you know, also managing a little kid at home, um, and a startup. Um, uh, but I think yeah. that it's, it's been, uh, you know, it, it's been, it's been good so far. Good. So what are your plans? Um, when she comes, will you, uh, I'm, I'm guessing just from like hearing the way that you, you've talked about your first pregnancy that you'll work right up until the, the <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I guess I will. And this time around, my hospital is literally uh, a walk from my house. It's like two, two blocks from my house. <laughs> so oh, I, perfect. Yes, that, that makes it even easier. Um, but yeah, I guess I will. And uh, I, I probably will you know take the first couple of weeks off. I think it's just hard uh, for anyone to physically be uh, you know, at their best at that point. But after that, I'll be plugged in and, um, and, uh, you know, my, my co-founders are all great and I'm sure they'll, they'll be, you know, keeping the ship running and, um, my, my colleagues are great. So I think that will keep it going. Um, and then, uh, we'll, uh, I'll be back, you know, um, soon and uh, at least for the immediate future, we'll continue working out of our home office. We can have about five people work out of that office. Uh, and given the luck, my, one of my co-founders doesn't come in every day, it kind mm -hmm. of makes, you know, um, we can easily continue out of that office at least for another few months until we grow, grow, and then we need a bigger space. Um, so I think that will also make it easy. Uh, like you said, in terms of just, you know, go down and feed the baby instead of pumping milk and those kind of things when yeah. I'm back at work. Um, so I think this time around it'll be, uh, and a lot less, uh, stressful than it was for me the first time, I would say. Will you have, um, relatives coming again to help you? Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents and then my parents-in-law will be helping out. So again, we should have folks helping us, uh, until like August or September. So when she'd be at least four or five months old, and then we already have, uh, someone we've, you know, spoken to who we really like for a nanny. So she should be able to help as well after that. Oh, great. And will your son start, uh, kindergarten or is he another year off? He he's born in December, so he's uh, he'll be starting pre-K. But the pre-K that we are looking at for him is a um, it's pretty much a full day program. Uh, mm -hmm. It's eight fifteen to three thirty. So I guess he'll be occupied all day. Um, so so that you know, so he wouldn't need um, much you know daycare or uh, any additional uh, kind of arrangements. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's funny how um, you you know you say full day, and then it's like until three. 
When, yeah, but they have good after-school programs. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think they do have after-school uh, programs, which most kids do, um, because yeah. it's a school in the city. And like you said, yeah, it's it's really hard to, 3.30 is like an odd time to really finish up. But I was assuming that, you know, they'll stay there till like 5, which is when most kids stay yeah. till 5 or 5.30, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, um, so do you feel like uh, your plan for this birth is is basically this, you know, without the moving to New York part, <laughs> the same yeah. as as last time around? Or are there any things that you want to do differently? Uh, that's a good question. I think um, I think it's a lot of it this time around. Um, I I think is better planned out because you're not moving. So it's not like we need to find a place to move to. Um, and also I already have a lot of the stuff that I would need for the, for the child. So, you know, don't have to worry about buying things. Um, and, uh, but I think that it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, I feel more in, more in control this time since I know. Uh, mm-hmm. and also at the same time, I do feel there's, um, from a work perspective, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot like last time. I mean, last time I was in charge of sort of my business line and this time it's the, the startup as a whole. Um, but I think that uh, that's something that, you know, I, I just luckily have had an opportunity to practice once before uh, managing the two. So yeah. hopefully it should be all smooth this time. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, it, it's always nice to hear of people for whom it kind of works smoothly together. <laughs> it's not always that way, but it's, it's, uh, it's really nice to hear about it. Um, that it can. I just, yeah, it can. And I feel like also this time, because uh, with my company, I know that everyone, you know, um, except for, um, Alex, who's he's, he's not a parent, but he's gotten quite used to the way parents work um, <laughs> because when he does become a parent, it'll be a piece of cake for him. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone else on the team, um, you know, is a parent and they can understand it. And so, uh, I think that that takes a lot of pressure off of me because I felt like that was the biggest source of stress and pressure for me. It was not so much, you know, physically my having to do two things, but the fact that, uh, you know, no one else can uh, around me or my team really understood that. Um, yeah. and, it was very hard to, um, so you always felt like, you know, um, just because my, my nanny used to stay till 6.30, but because I'm leaving to be home by 6.30 doesn't mean that, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm, that I'm working less. Like I would work again at night when my son sleeps and stuff. But, you know, it's hard for someone who is completely not in that mindset to understand those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so I think that just the fact that we have this culture and we have, you know, folks who are parents and who understand uh, what that means. And, and uh, I think that is actually going to make things a lot less stressful this time around. That's my hope. Yeah, I hope so, too. My fingers are crossed for you. It sounds like you set it up um, really well. I'm I'm thinking back to when I had a so, so not the job I was working at when my son was born, but the one after that, when he was very little, um, there were, there were a couple of other dads, but, um, even with dads, you know, they only ever took maybe two weeks of paternity wow. leave and then came straight back. Yeah. And I felt like there was maybe, um, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that when those dads came back after two weeks, that they were well rested and performing at their best. And right. um, I don't know. I think there's kind of a funny thing in the, the tech industry where, um, I, well, I think guys should get more leave <laughs> basically when they have a baby. And um, yeah, even even if you're not working with uh, young guys who haven't had kids yet, even if you are working with guys who who have kids, their experience is so different from, from going straight back to work. Right. Um, hmm. Right. That is true. That is true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I remember reading somewhere, I think it was, uh, Bill Gates had mentioned this, I think, um, or somebody, I remember reading uh, this book a long time back when I was in high school, but it was called Microsoft secrets. And, uh, they talked about how the company's culture as a whole changed when, uh, you know, it started off with obviously all young people and then they had kids and then how the, you know, the company's culture as a whole changed when they became, uh, parents and, you know, they had to kind of, um, the company matured as well, I guess, as the people matured. That's really interesting. You were reading books about Microsoft in high school. 
Yeah, well, I guess it was, I can't remember, I remember reading two books. This was, one of them was The Road Ahead, which was by Bill Gates. And the mm-hmm. other one was just a book I was by someone else who worked at Microsoft called Microsoft Secrets. And I can't remember which one I read this in, but I do remember thinking <laughs> that that was kind of interesting. Um, um, oh my goodness. I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed that in high school you were reading this stuff. Um, yeah, Although yeah. it was kind of funny, but the way I got into technology was, was almost coincidental. Um, in, 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 into computer technology, I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I mean, in high school, I was always very interested in science, and um, I was very interested in genetics and you know biosciences, and um, and I never was the, in in high school. I wasn't really um, you know thinking that I would do programming and you know becoming become a computer scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I think that um, but in India, after high school, you have to pick your major right there like you because medical school separate from you know all these other uh, schools okay so you don't really have an opportunity to go in and then try out and pick your major um and so when I got into medical school I felt that like being a doctor is a really noble profession and I shouldn't do it just because I got into a good medical school I should do it because I really want to be a doctor and so I decided uh, I would you know give that up and not do that and then uh, I got into a really good engineering school and um, my dad kind of said, you know, computer science was a hot thing. And he was like, why don't you give it a shot? And if you don't like it, you can always, you know, th- there was an opportunity in that school for me to switch back to biosciences if I wanted to. Um, so I said, okay. And then I took it up. And then as I started learning and, and programming, I started, you know, enjoying it. And then I, I guess I just ended up doing it. Um, I did do a project with genetic algorithms, which was kind of bringing together my interest in oh, yeah. programming and, um, and genetics. Uh, and maybe, you know, it down the road if I have another opportunity I would I would love to do something with more of bioinformatics kind of stuff um but I guess I just kind of you know enjoy technology as, as I started doing it and uh, ended up doing a master's and then you know staying with technology uh, all along cool um uh, you know uh I, I'm I'm slow thinking tonight so I'm like uh to to uh topics ago, but, um, you talked about the idea of companies growing up and I, I want to, um, I want to dig into that a little deeper. Like, you know, the, the companies, um, companies like Google, for example, that have a big campus or Facebook that have their main street and, and you can do anything you need to there. You can run your whole life there. You can do your laundry, get your haircut, have a massage, whatever. You can do everything on the campus. Um, I feel like I, I don't know. Do you think that those, uh, and this is just total opinion, but, um, like, do you think, I I think those are great places for, for 20 somethings to work Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to sort of have their, their socializing, um, at work and, uh, have their life be kind of insular there. Do you, what's your prediction? Like, do you think that those sort of workplaces will end up over time, um, being more family friendly because the, those 20 somethings will stay there as they become 30 somethings and 40 somethings. Or do you, do you feel like it, it will, um, that people will kind of self-select out of, of having that kind of lifestyle and that those workplaces will always remain young? That's actually a uh, interesting question. Um, I mean, I worked at Microsoft, so I, kind of know first time there and and mm. with Google I didn't work at Google ever but uh you know I know a lot of friends who worked there when I was in VC uh in the valley um and I think um so I think whether people you know stay on the, I I think you're right that when you have this kind of a campus kind of environment um it's uh it's clearly the younger folks hang out there and they'll have you know dinner there but someone who has a who's a parent wants to go home and have dinner yeah. with their child um and so you know you're unlikely to kind of go to the gym and then have dinner and hang out you know till till the late hours of the night yeah. um but um but I think that uh, it, 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 I guess it really depends on how these companies support people who, uh, you know, who have kids. I think like with Microsoft and everyone kind of, you know, started having kids and stuff, the company, I guess, has also kind of evolved into being more supportive 
uh, of you know flexible hours and and you know the work life balance stuff. Um, but if if the companies don't evolve that way, then I think it'll end up being more of you know people self select out like you said. Um, yeah. So it really depends on I guess how the companies react and you know do they kind of um, you know do they kind of add new new uh, benefits and you know these kind of support for people who are parents now or or, or not um, and I I think that. Um, as companies do that, people will stick around. Like I feel like if the company is doing well, the work is interesting, and if they're able to offer these benefits, there's no reason they, you know people would leave and move out. But if the companies um, don't, then I guess yeah, there will be a self-selection because of just you know the overall um, culture is is more geared towards a certain demographic than a parent. So. Yeah, that's I'm interesting. Very, hmm. very curious to see like twenty years from now, what is what does the workforce at Google look like? I think most companies I feel like have grown to the point where, you know, if not the whole workforce, if it's a big company, if they mm-hmm. have to employ fifty thousand people, it's hard to get all twenty somethings. Uh, yeah. you know. So they do have I feel like they've they've grown if as a company grows, they do have things to support both. So people who are young and who uh, you know, wanna kinda have that that kind of playing ping pong and, and eating at the cafeteria mm-hmm. at night and hanging out in the office, like they can do that. And then they also have, you know, enough people who are uh, in the in the other bucket of being parents and you know having to go home at a certain time, but then they might log in from home and work. Um, you know, you have enough people in both buckets. Um, so I feel like I feel like from what I see from friends who are at you know Facebook and Google and all these companies, like there is kind of both. Um, I because when the companies are big, I think when they are startups, then it's a little trickier because it's such a small company that you know it tends to be either like a startup where it's all like you know young kids out of college and they're all working together. Um, or if, if it's, you know, like in our case, we made a conscious effort and also the area we are working in is one where, uh, you know, it is, it is kind of, um, beneficial to, to be a parent. And so, yeah. um, it, it's, it's been fine for us, but I feel like with startups, it's one or the other, like you'll, you'll, I think that, you know, most startups will have sort of this, um, and it also depends on, I think the, the people that the execs are the founders. Um, I know startups that where the founders are parents and then, you know, the companies, kind of very much um, in in its culture to support parents. But if that's not the case, uh, you know, if the founders and the the main execs are 20-somethings, then that's the predominant culture for that startup. Because it's a smaller group, I feel like that's how it turns out with startups. But with big companies, I feel there is kind of, um, you know, an opportunity to support both groups. That's a really good point. Yeah, that that maybe the the effect is more amplified in a a startup because it, Yeah. yeah. It, it then really does depend a lot more on the, the founders. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, so I, before I let you go, I want to ask you if you have any advice that you would give expecting parents or new parents. Um, I, so I would say two things that I've learned, uh, and I, I don't mean this as advice, but just things that I've learned that I feel could be valuable for other parents. Um, the first is, um, you know, we didn't really talk about this, but I think that um, even for my son and now hopefully for my daughter, just the fact that they're exposed to a startup, you know, a parent who is running a startup and the startup in the startups in the house, I feel like my son's been learning so much about startups and entrepreneurship and just, you know, mm-hmm. building a product and stuff like that, that um, it's, it's been a great learning experience. So, you know, he's of course the first tester of every build that comes <laughs> out, <laughs> but, uh, and he, and, but he knows so much. He'll, he'll kind of say, Oh, there's a bug. I need to go tell Alec there's a bug in this thing. <laughs> and, and, you know, he'll, uh, he'll say, can you take a screenshot? I need to go show this to Alex. And, um, and, and so he's, uh, so I think he's also learning, you know, so much about what it means to run a company and build a product and, and, you know, I kind of weave it into conversations with him. Um, so we, you know, we talked about like doing samples and then eventually charging people and why that, why you need to do that. And, uh, why, you know, and, and those kinds of things. Um, so I think that he's, uh, and he was the other day talking about what happens if you charge people more, you know, increasing price versus, and he kind of got it that, you know, there's a difference if you charge more, you could make more, but less people might buy it. Um, and, and mm-hmm. so it's, it was kind of interesting for me that, so I think that that's been a very, uh, valuable, intangible benefit that, uh, you know, I had, it was not something I had explicitly planned for when I started this company, but I feel like um, being a parent, starting a company and having my son be closely involved, he's absorbing a lot of this too. Um, and uh, and really I definitely, cool. 
And I, yeah, and I definitely hope with my daughter that, you know, especially where you grew up, not seeing very many women doing startups and technology startups, that it would be something that she would grow up seeing. And, you know, it would be something that would actually be a good, uh, also something that she would learn from. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that, that it's a, that's been a great intangible benefit um, uh, that, you know, I mean, it's obviously there's pros and cons and uh, to everything, but this has been a great benefit. I think as a parent, I'm glad, you know, my son and my daughter will have that opportunity to kind of imbibe uh, seeing this. Um, and the second thing I would just say is um, to parents is I think, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, parents worry about sort of sticking to a schedule and, and, and I think that it gets overwhelming. And when you're trying to manage a startup and a job and, and a kid, sometimes you just have to be a little flexible. And I think that that's fine if, you know, like my, my son, my, my husband would joke that my son's the last kid to sleep in Manhattan. Like he just is a <laughs> night out. He's always been a night out. Um, but I think that it's somehow... Um, I feel like, you know, being a little sort of, I think I can never make sure that his life is perfectly planned, uh, you know, and so right from the beginning, he's been exposed to dealing with things that are not perfectly planned. Uh, and I think that's okay, because I'm hoping that I can teach him how to react when things are not don't go, you know, according to a perfect plan, uh, which I think would, is a valuable lesson. Um, so I think that just, you know, take it easy. It's okay if, you know, it's not, everything is not running on a perfect schedule as long as they're spending time with you and, 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 you know, you have, you having, making memories and learning. It doesn't really matter. I think that's fantastic. It helps me feel better. Um, <laughs> because I, I am kind of, uh, I've been notorious over the past couple of years for getting my kid to daycare late, Um, you know, and, uh, well, you know, I, I understand why they want him there by a certain time so that he can start playing at the same time other kids start playing and he doesn't have to enter into a game that kids have already started. Like I understand that that's socially difficult, but I also wouldn't trade all of the lazy breakfasts that we've had together for anything. Right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Exactly. I think, you know, he'll, 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 he'll play with kids and he'll pick that up, but he'll definitely sort of in his subconscious, like treasure the, you know, lazy breakfast that he had with you, I think way more. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking today, Prasanna. It's great to hear about your experience. It's really inspiring. Um, I, I should talk to more entrepreneurs because, wow, you, you're so together. Um, and, uh, I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing your story. No, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and, and, uh, you know, you've been really kind with your words, but I think I've you know done nothing that all other moms who are, you know, in the same boat, whether they're working at a big company or a small company, um, are facing and, and, you know, winning over each day. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you for giving me a chance to talk about my story and it was really nice talking to you. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of Motherboard. To see pictures of our guests, get the details on our Creative Commons license, or to support the show, visit motherboardpodcast.com. Lastly, all views expressed on the podcast are individual opinions and not representative of any company. Thanks for listening and best wishes for a happy work life and happy parenting.